welcome to Quilting Business Success, the podcast where we interview quilters just like you who have turned their passion for quilting into a profitable long-arm quilting business. I'm your host, Andrew Weaver, and in each episode we'll bring you stories of quilters who had the same doubts and fears that every quilter has when they think about pursuing their quilting dreams. But these quilters moved forward anyway, despite their fears, and today you'll hear their stories. Right. Well, welcome to Quilting Business Success. That's actually the best intro I've ever done. It was only one sentence. That that I, I was really impressed. Usually, I just settle down for a twenty-minute uh, monologue here when when Andrew is talking. Anyway, and with that being said, I will introduce ourselves. I am Bobby. I'm in tech support, and most of you know Andrew. Mm-hmm. And uh, on today's podcast, we have with us. Andy Stanfield and Beth Longquist. Did I pronounce both of those correctly? Good deal. And we have not yet decided which one will go first, but we will spend about half of of the program with each of them. And I just want to tell you, ladies, uh, when we are interviewing the other one, if you feel like you have something to that you want to contribute, feel free to speak right up. We're we're casual here. You can uh you can uh chime in on the other's interview also. Well, with that, uh, let's get started. I will say one little preliminary thing, which is that um, if you come in halfway through or if you have listened to this episode and you want to go find all the other ones, uh, they do live on YouTube with video if you look for Quilting Business Success. Or if you know how podcasts work and you can go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone or you can use the Spotify app on any platform. Um, I got an email saying that Google Podcasts is going away. I'm sure they're going to replace it with something. Google likes to change things as soon as everybody starts using it. And so also during... During the program, if anybody would like to, if any of the viewers uh, would, uh, during this live broadcast, would like to submit a question or ask something, it will show up on our screen and we can uh, we can ask that question for you. Yeah, there's a Q&A uh, at the bottom of the screen and you just click there and type in your question. And uh, uh, if you do need to specify who you're addressing the question to, go ahead and do that. Okay, well, let's get started. For no particular reason, I felt like starting with Andy because her name is closest to mine. And <laughs> so let's just go. I keep it alphabetical. <laughs> I don't have a coin to flip. I could roll a dollar bill, I guess, and see which side it comes up top. But uh where where's home for you, Andy? I am joining you tonight from um usually sunny phoenix arizona but today we've had solid rain but um most of the time i i really enjoy the sunny temperatures here in the desert awesome well it's good to get that rain out of the year so you don't out of the way so you don't need any more for the year well we are in a drought so we'll we'll take a few days of rain but but just a few (laughs) gotcha take what you can get so andy how long have you been uh long arming I got a long arm just two years after I started quilting. 
Um, and that was back in 2006. So about 17, 18 years now. It's been a wonderful journey. Mm -hmm. So what made you decide to long arm? You said you'd been quilting for a couple of years, mm -hmm. cutting fabric apart and putting it back together. Yep. Yep. All that crazy, wonderful stuff. You dive in and just fall in love with it. And I, at every stage of the quilting process, I'm thinking of what comes next. So it was hard for me to start having ideas about how I wanted the finished quilt to look and then give it to someone else to finish. And I was, I had tried quilting on my domestic machine and I can remember the exact quilt that I was working on trying to do a kind of a big meander wavy pattern and I couldn't see enough of the quilt I wanted that big vision to just be able to move across the whole quilt and that was the, the turning point and I uh, started researching long arm machines and my husband was very supportive and uh, yeah we we found I found the Gamble family and and continued my journey from there and so when you when you first started uh you were going for it with the uh intention of uh doing it as a business more so than personal or um i was kind of open to anything again my husband was really supportive he said you know if all you ever do is quilt your own quilts that's fine but I had some wonderful mentors in my local quilt group that also used Gamel machines. So that was a big deciding factor on what brand to purchase because I had those resources available to answer my questions and to learn from. And uh, yeah, they they were quilting for a lot of people and it just it encouraged me that there was that possibility out there. So pretty early on I started working on customer quilts mm -hmm. so when you uh when you started the shopping process obviously you had your friends that already had gamels and they're twisting your arm in certain directions but when it came time for you to make the decision and maybe your husband had input on this um why did you decide to pick the gamel I had gone to some of the bigger shows where Gamel and some of the other manufacturers had booths. So I was able to try them out. And um, we had a relatively convenient local dealer, Gamel dealer. So having that solid support from a shop with service technicians available and as I said, the support system of having good friends that also had the Gamel um, machine, it was a pretty easy decision to stick with that. I didn't really ever consider um, another option. So um, mm -hmm. in the intervening years, I've had, you know, classes, everybody uh, tries out different machines and I always come back to my Gamel. I just, it's consistent. It's easy to use. I love it. And when you first started out, what uh, what type of what model of machine did you start out with? Um, 
back in 2006, the Statler was, I think, just coming on the scene and, and becoming a viable option, but it was still a little bit out of my price range. So I stuck with the Gamel Classic Plus, and it's, I think it's the 26-inch throat. So I've got a good size machine with a 12-foot table. Is it the same machine today or has it had upgrades and... Yeah, it has been a workhorse for all of these years. Um, I had to have um, the motherboard replaced finally in the sixteenth year, so mm -hmm. it is the same the same machine. Um, mm -hmm. We'll we'll see one of these days if I can put some more bells and whistles on it, but it's working just fine. And I have found that uh, with just in, in the Phoenix area, there's, you know, it's a metropolitan area. There's a lot of quilt shops. There's a lot of quilters. There's a lot of long armors. And uh, most of them are doing edge-to-edge -edge computerized designs. So me having my experience as a hand-guided quilter who is willing to do custom work, I really have kind of that niche um, that I can offer different services than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll add to that kind of a something that I've noticed over the years, and especially as I speak with different people who have all built different businesses, right? No two, no two long arm quilting businesses are the same, but it seems as though it's very, very obvious that um, that your clientele reflects your work, uh, meaning that. Uh, I guess if you were uh, running a restaurant and it was a restaurant that did wonderful Italian food, over time, the people who are your regulars who come in all the time would be people who like Italian food, right? And if they don't like Italian food, they're eating somewhere else. And so in the same way, when you start doing a particular type of service in the long arm quilting, uh, what ends up happening is the customers that like that they are going to be your regulars, you know? Yeah. And I've and had people say, well, nobody even asks for custom. Well, yeah, because you don't offer it. <laughs> right. They're going and, to somebody who does. <laughs> yeah. And the, the quilt shops that make referrals, they obviously know the different quilters and their different levels of expertise um, in the same way as the quilt world has wonderful variety. You know, there's lots of wonderful applique uh, people. I will not do personally sew an applique quilt. I'm much more of a traditional piecer, but you know, there's room for everyone. So that's what I love about this quilting industry. There are so many quilts to be done. Yeah. And when you first uh, started, Andy, I, I know there's a lot of people that are watching this uh, podcast or listening to it that would be interested in knowing when you first started did you did you kind of have a feeling or a know that there were enough customers out there? Um, tell us a little bit about the beginning journey of uh, finding business. I would say that, yes, there are plenty of quilters out there for anyone who wants to do this as a business. Um, even in the guild, chapter that I was a member of at the time. And I said there were, I had a couple friends, you know, there were four or five of us 
in one group and we all had plenty of business. So I just, I really have never heard of a long armor struggling to find customers as long as you're making the effort, you know, talking to the people in the quilt shops, talking to people in guilds, putting your name out there, trying to ask, you know, ask customers to share uh, their experience with your work. That word of mouth is going to be the solid gold method. Mm -hmm. So those are the ways that you found customers, right? Because that was my next question. How did you find customers? So that was um, going to the quilt shops, mm -hmm. having conversations with people there so that they knew what your phone number was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... Um, a lot of the shops that I've been in will have a, a little counter. It might be by the cash register or, or by the notions wall or something with multiple uh, long arm services and different sewing services, people's business cards. So mm -hmm. just kind of that bulletin board effect right. of putting your name out there. So um, and and different groups allow you to advertise on uh, their website. So as a member of the guild, I can uh, pay an additional fee to put my name on their website. So then anybody that's looking there can find a quilter in the local area. Mm -hmm. And how did you uh, come up with the funds to buy your first machine? I... Um, we had some some family savings and through discussion um we you know family discussion is this in the budget can we can we swing this and um i was able to to fund that through that kind of nest egg a uh, little bit but i am very much on the young demographic side of the age range of quilters so i was still working full-time when I bought my machine, I'm still working full-time now. So um, it's, it's definitely a supplemental income um, source for me. And it was funded through those uh, personal budgets. You're still working full-time aside from your quilting business, your podcasting business and everything else. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're a busy woman. Done, ask a busy person. I'll squeeze it in. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Wow. Um, so about how many hours per week would you say you spend doing the quilting for other people? I mean, obviously your own quilting too, but yeah. how much, how much doing customer quilts in an, in a week or maybe a month is easier. I don't know. Um, I probably spend maybe five to 10 hours a week on customer quilts. I usually tell people that I have about a two to three week turnaround because I am working this nights and weekends and I, I have a family. They like to see me sometimes. So I can't devote all weekend, every weekend to um, quilting as much as I'd love to. Um, but so I try to, I try to manage my projects so that I'm doing only one to two customer quilts a month. So I'm not as prolific, um, as I could be, but again, as I said, I'm on the younger side of the demographics. I I still have my full retirement years to look forward to quilting more. Sure, that sounds good. So, um, custom quilting is mostly what you're doing. It sounds like, 
And how do you structure your rates? I mean, on an edge to edge basis, you know, it's very common to just be so many cents per inch, you know, mm -hmm. but with custom, how do you, how do you even uh, do the rates or quote people? I actually am very similar uh, because I started out and I do offer um, Panagraph edge to edge as um, a lower cost option. So I kind of have three tiers. I have that basic um, edge to edge. If I were going to do just even freehand, you know, one basic filler, one color of thread, I would put that at the Panagraph rate. And then I have kind of a mid-tier uh, price point that is totally custom, but only maybe two or three thread colors. You know, if you had a, a, a color in the block with its contrast, so let's say you had a sampler quilt that was blue and white, you do something in the blue section, something else in the white, and maybe a different color if there was one in the border. And that would be the mid-tier. And then the highest rate is the full on match every single color in the quilt and you know you may have six or eight color changes gotcha gotcha if you had to if if somebody's watching this wanting to because uh, a lot of the people that are watching this program are trying to determine how, how to do their own pricing scheme and everything uh, based on those three tiers that you just uh, shared, could you give like a ballpark of what like a queen size uh, quilt would cost? Yeah, I looked at the um, at some numbers and a queen size quilt for the would probably be at the lowest tier would be about two hundred dollars and then up to three hundred. Uh, or a little more for the highest tier, but probably around, you know, 250, 260 for a queen size quilt is a good estimate. Since I do go off the exact, you know, measurements and everybody's definition of a queen size is a little different. Absolutely. Yes. So um, when people are trying to figure out, you know, can I afford to get a machine and maybe can I make the payment off of what I do for quilting, keeping in mind, you're only doing five to 10 hours a week of work with the machine, mm -hmm. but what revenue wise, what does a bad year look like? And what does a good year look like? Um, I have kind of calculated when I work on a quilt that I'm going to be somewhere in the 30 to $40 an hour range, uh, for, for my services. So as long as I can, you know, feel good about that, um, I'm, I'm thinking that's pretty good. Um, again, it's it, part-time for me. So if I am making, um, you know, $400 a month, that's, that's terrific for, uh, long arm quilting, um, it's certainly not going to be a full-time income unless I was able to ramp spend that full time. Up. Yeah. Um, you'd have to spend full time doing it. Exactly. In order to, to yeah. Be a and, income. Yeah. Right. And a lot of, um, a lot of folks, as, as you mentioned, I have a podcast, I have a YouTube channel, I have a website where I'm selling, um, patterns. I teach at my local quilt shop. So you, you kind of build these different 
revenue streams and that's how people get to that um, full full income uh, full-time income in a quilting business so and I'm sure there's there's dedicated quilters that are able to do it just off their their long arm work um, so I, I'm anxious to hear about those business models as well yeah and and obviously everybody is not uh at the same place and uh income is only one of the uh one oh, of the yeah. goals you have to build a business that you love that fits your life and i i like that we interview a lot of different people i, I mean i yeah. re i remember one lady and she's been doing um over a thousand quilts every year for 20 years and um for her and for a lot of other people, that's that fits the definition of a successful long arm quilting business. In my mind, it feels like prison. That's <laughs> that's a lot of quilts to be doing. And, you know, can you even take a day? Now, of course, you know, this is she's built it and she loves it and it's it's perfect for her. But um, I, I think uh, everybody's goals in life, you know, your business has to fit your fit your goals so um sometimes people feel like their business is less because it's smaller eh. i think i think the business that gives you the flexibility the freedom the 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 internal sense of fulfillment is a lot more important that's what it's all about i believe mm -hmm. yep um, do you offer any of those other services like um binding a quilt um piecing a t-shirt quilt for somebody who doesn't know how to make a memory quilt, any of those things? I would probably, I have done some um, commission quilts start to finish. I have a good friend who anytime uh, someone in her social circle is having a baby, she calls me up and says, I'm ready for a baby quilt. And we choose the fabric together and then I do it start to finish. Um, I typically do not um, offer binding services um i'm i'm just as i said with a with a part-time job with my you know and wanting to sew a little bit myself i try to just do the the quilting phase and send those on their way um i've done a few t-shirt quilts but there's other folks in my area that specialize in that and i have never been a big fan of trying to quilt and work with those knit fabrics so uh, it's it's easy to pass on some of those jobs that don't align with your skill set. So. so for the people that are watching, what would you say is has been uh, the hardest part of getting your business to the place that you want it to be? Um, I would say it is marketing is always a challenge getting getting your name out there getting that consistent uh consistent level of business whatever level you want that to be at as i said if i'm quilting one to two customer quilts a month i'm happy at the moment if i needed more uh you know i'd have to i'd have to work a little bit harder to to contact folks and make sure they knew that i was here and available um, so yeah, you just, you keep trying to find the things that work. And then 
if something worked, do more of that. <laughs> Don't keep throwing spaghetti at the wall. Look back at your results and then, you know, be intentional about the strategy and the, the decisions that you're making to move your business forward. Mm -hmm. um, can you think, I mean, you've been doing this for 17 years and a lot of things have changed in the world, uh, technologically and whatever. Are there things that came along in the last five or 10 years, technology wise? Some people have mentioned social media or, you know, being able to snap a photo with your phone and text it to somebody. Or have there been particular things that stand out for you in technology that have made it easier for you now than when you first started? I am loving these Zoom chats over the last three or four years. You know, that that has been a big change. Um, not, not necessarily for my long arm business. Um, I don't typically, you know, video chat with my customers, but it certainly is an option. Um, sharing progress shots and um, even videos of the quilting process, that, you know, um, with my customers, I can do a, a quick video over a section and say, okay, this is the design I chose. Are you liking it? You know, before I spend time going over the whole quilt, um, and they they seem to enjoy that. So, yeah, using using the technology and the social media that we have, um, I have not upgraded to the computerized machine, but that's definitely on my dream someday list. So we'll we'll look forward to taking those technological leaps as soon as possible. You know, four years ago, uh, pretty much nobody had ever heard of Zoom, you know. Well, when I was a kid, I remember watching Star Trek on TV and they had the, you know, it. Mm -hmm. there was no such thing. I mean, we're living in the future right now. We're living in Star Trek now. Yeah. So uh, this is my favorite question to ask. And I think I know who you're going to say, but I might be wrong. Who was your biggest cheerleader in your support system as you as you did this? Um. It Cheerleader in a very quiet, supportive sense um, is definitely my husband. My daughter has been very patient. You know, she I got my long arm just six months before she was born. So she's definitely grown up around that. And um, her life may have been different if we didn't have the long arm in what could have been her playroom. But she's... Um, She's enjoyed it. And my mom definitely is the biggest inspiration and supportive person for this journey, since I always joke that it was her fault. She opened the quilt store that got me into this whole endeavor in the first place. That's cool. That's really cool. So how much of a difference in uh, control of your time and perhaps income um has has this uh, quilting business uh, had on your your life i just think it's a wonderful blend of uh the creativity and you know the freedom to pursue my hobbies and then the you know the the money is definitely you know that extra frosting on the cake and um, 
the opportunities to travel and to meet so many different wonderful people in the quilt world um you know we have a full slate of shows across the country that we can uh travel to and visit and beautiful retreat centers and yeah it's just it's just fabulous and those are those trips are potentially tax deductible don't take tax advice from me <laughs> but uh but there's uh, quite often that something that you would have gone to under your own dime, you might be writing the checks uh, from your business account because they're legitimate. Definitely. So. Yeah. Take a class, talk, talk business with some other quilters at the show. And yes, you can put those in the, mm -hmm. in the business expense column. Exactly. Yeah. What is something that you wish someone would have told you when you were first getting started? Um, it's, I have come to a much better uh, relationship with Jack the Ripper these days. You know, you, you try to avoid uh, those sessions, those dates. Um, and you can definitely, uh, the tip there for the beginners is to check your tension early and often. <laughs> I don't always follow my own advice, um, but uh, yeah, if you just you figure that um, mistakes are uh, just all part of the journey and get on with the ripping and get back to sewing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, we got a question here that for addressed to both. I didn't read it actually yet because it's <laughs> lengthy. Um, I'll read it out loud here. Uh, I'm in the process. It, it's Diana who writes this. I'm in the process of business setup. And in discussing insurance, they said not to have customers come to your home. Are your studios in your home? Yeah. Definitely. My, my studio is in my home and I have, um, always abided by that advice. Um, I just would prefer, to meet customers at a local quilt shop. And luckily I have a, a good relationship with the shop owners. They don't mind me coming in. Usually I'm encouraging my customers to buy their batting and their backing and everything at, at that shop anyway. So hopefully it could be a beneficial relationship, but yeah, it just helps to have um, that barrier and um, meet customers in a public place. Sure. Uh, um, and I'm, I, I, I'm far I, up in the mountains, so um, it's easier for me to go into town and meet everybody in town. Gotcha. But I have a few that come out. We have a nice tea. Life is good. <clears throat> I, I would say that um, uh, any risk can probably have insurance applied to it. Uh, it's just that... Uh, your agent was probably wanting to be careful to quote you something real affordable. And one of the biggest risks is that a customer slip on some ice, you know, and then there's a big expensive lawsuit. And so yeah. that's probably great advice, but if you wanted to have customers come to your studio, because customers come to businesses all the time, but you're going to pay more for your insurance because you're going to have to have that million dollar umbrella against all liabilities or whatever. So that's a great question. Thank you, Diana. 
Well, to uh, to wrap up um, Andy's section of of this interview, it was what seventeen years ago that you uh, first started, and uh, somebody that's uh, going to wants to start doing this today, twenty twenty four. Uh, what advice would you have? Uh, do you think it's uh, still something that uh, can be done nowadays? Is it different than it was when you started? Um, I There seems to be a wider variety of long arm machines on the market and a little bit wider uh, price range of those. So you can find um, the smaller, more affordable st starter machines. Um, if you wanted to start out just quilting for yourself and then upgrade and expand as you learn. Um, but yes, I definitely, I don't see the quilting industry shrinking um, anytime soon. It's, it's you know, the numbers just keep going up. Everybody's um, quilting more. I continue to see new people entering the quilt world. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say jump in, you know, uh, the, the story goes the best time to have started a business was 10 years ago, but <laughs> the second best is today. So, so go ahead and do it. And then um, as it, it worked out well for me, if it can work for someone else to find some friends in the industry and have that community aspect that's always been beneficial to me. So uh, yeah. I would encourage people to to reach out to other long armors in your area and uh, learn from them. There's a wealth of knowledge out there. That brings up in my mind, uh, it wasn't very long ago, a few days ago, we posted on the website on gamble.com um, the schedule for Quilting with Confidence Tour for 2024. Now, mm -hmm. when we first did Quilting with Confidence, it was in 2019. That was before uh, the world fell apart and then we had to put it all back together. But in 2019, we visited, we went all around. We had, I think it was over 50 stops, including international. And then when we did Quilting with Confidence uh, at home, we did that. And then last year we did Quilting with Confidence with some two-day and four-day events. This year we have learned so much. All of the Quilting with Confidence events, um, they've always been um, just an incredible, life-changing, I think it's fair to say life-changing experience yeah. when people go to them and they're, they're just a few hundred dollars to attend. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what we're doing this year is a, uh, a two-day event and there's a free day, a free day. So mm -hmm. that would be the third, the third day, but it's the first day. And um, so lots and lots of people are, these things are going to fill up really fast, but there's something like around 40 locations that are published right now. And uh, I couldn't be more excited because the friendships that people build and the connections that they build there, uh, they're worth 10 times what you pay to come. Oh, yeah, we definitely agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have either of you attended? No, but I signed up this morning. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I actually was at an, one of those early 2019 events and 
Um, even as an experienced long armor, it was a wonderful day. I continue to take classes. I continue to, you know, learn new techniques, new new designs, and it's so interesting to hear the stories from the instructors and the attendees. As you said, some of those connections are just, uh, they, they last forever. So that's wonderful. Right. There are plenty of industries that if you want to spend a couple of days with other people in your industry, you can easily spend five grand, 10 grand, just for the pleasure of getting a chance to be with those people. And the cool thing with Quilting with Confidence most everybody who comes is going to be a gamble owner. Some people are shopping and they just want to check it out. But even, you know, if you have a friend that has one of these other brands and her brand doesn't offer this kind of training, um, the for sure the free day, you know, there's no risk there. You just come to the free day. But also, um, I wouldn't say probably the computerized is ideal for people who have a different brand of computerized machine, but the hand-guided skills, they'll transfer right across. Um, and computerized, uh, the worry there is you'll sit through the classes and then have to buy a Statler at the end because you'll see everything you could do with it. <laughs> but um, I, I would agree that definitely okay. the bug in my head. Um <laughs> When I was at Quilting with Confidence and saw the combination of things you can do with Statler and hand-guided. Yeah, the more creative bent a person has, the more uh, you see what you could potentially do with that software. So it's incredible. All right, well, we need to move on. And we're going to talk to Beth now. Beth Longquist? Yes, sir. So where? let's start out by finding out where you're located. Okay, so I'm up in Monument, Colorado, halfway between Denver and Colorado Springs. And how long have you been doing this long arming thing? So I've been quilting for 52 years. 52 <laughs> years? Yes, sir. 1972. And then long arm quilting. So did a lot of um, domestic. And my first domestic didn't have a darning foot at all. So it was the, uh, and you couldn't lower the feed dogs. So it's been a progression. Huh? You had to straight stitch it then. Well, yeah. And then you punch a hole inside a piece of cardboard, tape that down over your feed dog so that your fabric. <laughs> so that was a while ago. Um, about 11 years ago, I uh, got the long arm and I have a little Gamel Vision 20. I call it my baby machine because I'm short and I couldn't put the wheels on it because that would make it too tall. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I have, I, I have that and um, transferring over from this to this, was like easy piece of cake not a problem yeah okay so so what made you decide to get the long arm machine after you were uh so incredibly pleased with your piece of cardboard on the oh well i got other machines so i i, I was able to do it with drop your feed dogs and let, let her rip um so i knew a woman that was a buddy and she got her long arm and she was so pleased with it. 
and started quilting some of her backlog of quilts. And I didn't want to wait that long. <laughs> so um, circumstances happen. And this kind of goes into the next question. How did I, how did I fund it? I got in a car wreck. And so I couldn't do as much of the um, hand guiding on my domestic. Um, so after a year of, uh, of recuperation, I got the long arm. That was the way I funded it. And that's what I started to do. And again, that whole motion transfers out over pretty easily. Right. That's a pretty unique story. <laughs> so, so when you had the, the car accident and, um, obviously that was pretty devastating physically did that make it so that you basically weren't able to do whatever other kind of job you used to do oh okay so i i was working in a quilt shop i was always able to work in a quilt shop and um i worked in two and the last one i worked for about 17 years gotcha okay so, so um people got to know me as far as the business end um I bought this to get my backlog done. I was a teacher at the shop, um, probably making, oh, eight tops a month as a teacher. And, and then, um, you know, and during the class and as for samples, but not always getting them all quilted. So right. that, that bulked up my backlog of quilts to be quilted. And then, and, and getting the long arm, it's a time thing. It gives you the freedom of time. What would take you two and a half weeks to do on your domestic takes you two and a half days to hand guide, get the Statler baby. We're cutting it down again. And, and you can, not only can you do the quilting, but you can also quilt and piece at the same time. So now you're doubling up your time and it's wonderful. I'm getting through that backlog and the backlog got up 150 quilts. So do you, do you strictly do a uh, hand guided or do you, do you have a Statler? Or? So last, last year, um, I, I had a friend that convinced me that I shouldn't wait until I'm 75 and I can no longer hand guide to get the Statler. So I got the Statler and absolutely love it. And it is worth every penny. And again, it's a time sink. So what took you two, three days to hand guide through a quilt, um, say you do the light parts and then you do the blue parts and then you got to do the borders. Um, all of a sudden, bomb, 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 two days and you're, you know, a done rather than a week, which was like three to four weeks with your domestic so this is saving you time this is making you more efficient oh more efficient time you can make more money as a business mm -hmm. it seems like in everybody's life there's never enough time to do everything that you want to do i have people tell me sometimes you know that they feel guilty that they don't have the time to spend with their grandkids or with their spouse or uh with their sister you know, because they have these quilts to do. And I'm like, well, we have some tools that can help with that to get them done. They, do. they are totally successful there. <laughs> yeah. So when you first got your original little hand-guided gamel, 
uh, yeah. your baby, uh, you did some shopping. You had to decide between the different brands. Uh, how was the decision? How did you come down on Gamel as your choice? So I worked in a shop and they had one manufacturer. I don't know if you want me to mention manufacturers or not, but they had it one manufacturer matter. there. Um, the lady that was 80, I went over and quilted. A, I went and actually quilted quilts, quilts on all these different machines. And there were some I didn't like how they felt. There were some I didn't like how they sounded. Um, and oh, honey, the gamel was solid as all get out. So um, I knew that was a good place to go. Mm -hmm. And this is before I talked to a bunch of other people. Um, and it had a great, it has a great reputation. It is a great machine. I think I, you know, have had it for years. Nothing has gone wrong with it. Um, well, I had one little button that was $10. I had to fix that one. That was yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> we engineered around that problem. We don't have people have buttons go bad anymore. Our new one. I know. Forever. It's a new button. It's great. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. That was pretty annoying to have people's, you know, multi-thousand dollar machines go bad for lack of a $10 button. But again... And that's been, um, you know, and now it's 12 years. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, that, that's it. Two, two of the adjectives that I often hear uh, when people are looking at purchasing a gamble are, uh, like you said, solid and industrial. In addition yeah. to all the uh, abilities and artistic things of them, you can just tell the, 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 the it's, a, it's a strong machine. It's a strong machine, but it moves light as a feather, you know, and, and I quilt pretty fast. I can quilt when I would, when I was trying them out, I tried out the gamble when they were running a Statler class, I finished a quilt in their two hour Statler class. So it worked well. So, so when you got your first one, uh, you had enough uh, quilts just, I mean, you were mentioning eight shop samples and other quilts um, per month, yeah. which obviously if you're paying somebody to, to do that, that, uh, I mean, the math works out perfectly. You ought to have your own machine. Even, even at three quilts a month, you should have your own machine. Absolutely. But how, how did you know there was enough business available to support another long arm quilter? Or was that not even a concern because it just made financial sense to have your own machine? Well, it made financial sense to have my mind. Even even if you're all so I even now, um, I'm not teaching anymore. I still make about thirty quilts a, a year. Thirty quilts a year gives you, you know, at a two hundred let's say it I, I did the math, two hundred at six thousand dollars a year that I would be spending if I was gonna have somebody quilt for me. Right. So you would give that, up the control. five years. Yeah. Hmm. And you would give up the control of how it looks and oh. you would give up control over the timeline of when it gets finished. Now, if it's not done, we know whose fault it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's $6,000 a year, pretty much. And this is pretty typical with the entire long arm group that I also belong to. And it, it's a local group and we just share ideas. Um, but in about five years, everybody is pretty much able to pay off their machine mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And if well, you think we about that, we that's, don't repo that's... them. You know, we finance yeah. them, but we don't have to come pick them up because they pay for themselves. They pay for themselves. And five years is not that long a time mm -hmm. for somebody to even doing it casually um, to pay off a machine. And so are you, uh, you exclusively do uh, quilting these days? Yeah, I have the best time. <laughs> it's fun. And, and I do both long arm and Statler. I mean, I do, I do hand guided and Statler at the, and some quilts require um, hand guided and some, most quilts, uh, Statler works just great. And the combination just gets it finished to a point that I like it. And I do quilt for customers also. I, I thought it sounded like you did. Um, how did you come up with the funds to buy your machines? I mean, the first machine that probably has a story and then the second machine, how did you come up with the money? People wonder. So the Statler's put on my baby machine. Okay. So I still have the same machine. Same machine. Um, and, and again, it just makes financial sense. Um, and, and obviously if I've been quilting for, uh, Seven years with other other customers, those funds helped fund the Statler, and and so that's the way it goes. I I can I can pay for it no problem. And now that you have both uh, hand guided and Statler, uh, what would you say is the ratio of uh, you know, <laughs> Statler <you> baby? <laughs> Statler's probably about um, well with my backlog. Statler is probably baby seventy five percent of the quilts, and then the twenty five percent that really need to be custom quilted really need to be custom quilted, um, and the backlog of about one hundred and fifty quilts. And this has just been in the last year and two months. I'm down to about forty five, plus all the customer stuff. You went from a backlog of. 150? 150 quilt tops. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then I again I'm making about 30 a year. My sound like you're time. becoming a bit more productive these days. I am. It's great. <laughs> so about how many hours a week do you spend uh quilting these days? Is it full time? Full time. Um, oh, probably 25, 30, 35. Not okay. full time. You know, and I can I can go anytime. I can take a break anytime I want. I can visit anybody I want. So it's lovely. Yep. And and it helps me get through that little stash that everybody kind of um collects over the time. <laughs> gotcha. And I well, have fifty two years worth of collection. <laughs> yes, yes. There's not many people that can say that. <laughs> So um, <clears throat> these days, uh, what what is the about a uh, ballpark uh, average of a queen size quilt? Would you say? So um, a ballpark average is around two fifty, and and that includes the thread, but um, does not include the batting. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, do you offer other services like binding or piecing? t-shirt quilts things like that 
So um, I also run a couple of, uh, or, or a uh, help group so that I don't have to do the work, but I can show somebody how to do the work. Yay. And we meet, it's a free session. So it's like a free class for anybody. Um, and with all the experience I have, I can pretty much cover any issue anybody might have. So t-shirt quilts and stuff are very labor intensive. I don't do them. Um, I have, and I have, I have, I have taught the class. Um, so there's a few things that'll get you through there a little faster. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so you've been in the quilting business for half a century. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, uh, for the, the people that are either new, uh, new in the quilting business or thinking about getting into it, um, what would you say is the hardest part of growing a quilting business? Oh, I would say obviously marketing. Um, you know, there's, there is just getting your name out there going to shows, going to quilt guilds, um, word of mouth is wonderful. And I'm in an area, a monument between, uh, pretty much draw from Colorado Springs and not Denver. Um, so it's not as large. And there's probably about 50 quilters. So there's a lot of competition. I don't care about that, but people come to me because they know me. And they don't get to choose what they get quilted, and they don't get to see what's quilted. They hand me a talk. I say, okay, and then we take it from there. <clears throat> so <clears throat> as far as um, getting getting your name out there and uh, advertising, um, do you have you do you do any advertising? Is it all word of mouth? Uh... All word of well, because I'm not interested in growing my business at this point in my stage of my life. Um, I don't have to worry about that. But when I was, it was you have to be in the quilt shops, you have to be um at the quilt guilds, you have to be advertising, you have to have your website, you have to have all that stuff rolling. Um, and then you can you can be very, very successful. Uh, I know of people that have put their kids through private schools, uh, paid for colleges, uh, paid for homes, just with their quilting business. And and, you know, just to chime in on that a lot, a little bit, um, you know, the world has changed. Yes, it's changed a lot, but uh, the don't underestimate the power of the little business card pinned <laughs> up on the cork board at the quilt shop Absolutely. because people are looking for somebody who will quilt their quilt. And, Absolutely. you know, uh, I remember when I started my first business so very long ago, I spent $80 to have 500 business cards printed up, which these days would be a, that's a joke, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it was offset printing press, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, those people need to know who can I call to get this done, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I was, uh, Andy, if I could, while we're on that subject uh, of uh, advertising versus and word of mouth, uh, you, you got any other uh, thing to contribute with that for the people that are watching? 
Um, just take advantage of all the avenues. Um, as you know, as Beth says, you want to be in the <clears throat> in the quilt shops. You want to talk to people um, where wherever you can, and you know a lot of people are having success on whatever the latest and greatest social media platform is you know there's there's quilters on tiktok you know you think of that as for the for the kids but you know people like to see things happen and watching a machine stitch out a quilt is mesmerizing we all stand there and love to watch the statler at work or the hand-guided quilter draw something on fabric so yeah to take advantage of whatever uh, platforms or avenues that you can to get your name out there yep. well i'm gonna try to ask beth this question but i'm gonna say I don't know. She's going to just reply the Statler. So what's one change in technology that makes it easier today than when you started? But we already know you're going to say the Statler. Is there anything else that you can think of that has made it easier for you? Than oh. when you uh, well, okay. Follow the Statler with the computer. Oh, you know, you can design on the computer. You can design for the Statler on the computer. Oh, that's which... true. You can create your own patterns. Which yeah. even having it for just a year, I'm starting to create my own patterns before I got to the Quilting of Confidence tour. So that's what I'm going for is the advanced um, digitizing for that. Because yeah. and digitizing for um, long arm is not far off of digitizing for embroidery, I'm finding out. You know, there is still that that process is the same of getting point A to point B with the machine. Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter whether you're doing solid stitches or if you're doing um, Statler stitches, quilting stitches. Well, having done both, and I, I started with machine embroidery uh, when it first hit the home market and digitizing, uh, it's a thousand times easier to digitize for the long arm because you don't have to worry about push-pull compensation, underlay stitching, uh, overlap, any of that stuff. It's, I mean, there's still oh. shrinkage, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's unbelievably easier. <laughs> yeah, although I can get my quilts to shrink. I have gotten a couple of them to shrink about two inches with just tight quilting. Oh, you can do it, yeah. You can do it. Well, but, all um, quilts will shrink, yeah. Yeah, and all, you know, everything keeps getting easier and easier. And then I think it also opens up new opportunities. So you quilt one way when you're quilting on a domestic, you quilt another way when you can actually see it um, on a just a sit alone with the larger opening. And, and John, well, the little frames that they have that you can roll your quilt and pretend that your, your quilt is on rolls um you quilt differently when you're hand guiding when it's on a long arm you quilt differently when you're quilting with a computer you you know so there's all these tools all these things open up all these opportunities for creativity sounds like the technology has opened up uh has expanded beth's artistic side 
absolutely. Beth, um, I want to ask you, uh, who would you say has been your biggest cheerleader through all this? Well, my mom, she passed away in 2020. Um, but, uh, and then my friends that they're, you know, my friend convinced me that you, you should not wait until you're 75 to get a, a Statler. <laughs> and, and so learning now, and again, that's freeing up so much more time. So it's great. That's awesome. Um, what kind of impact has the quilting money and the control of your personal schedule uh, made in your life? I can go anywhere, do anything I want. And I can play like nobody's business. So yeah, it has opened up all of that with not a ton of impact on, on time. I mean, it's an expensive outlay, um, but it comes back so fast, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. and, and it comes back in time and it comes back in friendships and it comes back in the people that you meet. Um, and, you know, it just, it just enhances your life so much. And the people that you help, you know, some of the quilts you're making, you're making for somebody who has passed and somebody's taken their shirts and turned them all into a, a um, Baltimore album quilt. Thank you very much. That was so much fun to quilt. Um, but those memory quilts that just helps so many people. And I think it gets all down to people, whether it's your family or other families or the larger quilting community. You know, one thing I've one thing I've seen with both of these ladies that we're talking to is the the reward that they have gained from from this path that they've gone on. And oh. in addition, aside from just the finance part of it, yeah. well, you can have a job, but the job will get old. The job will get repetitive. The job will get boring unless there's passion and purpose behind it. And when Beth was talking about the people side, you know, that's, that's what fires me up every morning too. Um, Absolutely. A, a big part of my history is uh, being in quilters studios, being in their homes, uh, both delivering and, and showing them how to use their new machine, as well as doing the preventative maintenance and stuff. And when you hear the life-changing uh, aspects uh, what what has happened in their life because of this journey that they're on. It's like, well, you know, I, I can't imagine anything better for people to do. And there I go on a monologue again. So <laughs> what is something that you wish someone would have told you when you first started? Oh, everything is do, do, go. Be fearless. Start now. Don't wait. Um, now there, you look fearless already. Were, were you always were you always fearless or has this developed a little bit of column a a little bit of column b somewhat fearless but a pretty quiet when people first meet me i'm pretty quiet um but i i think that the quilting community is so welcoming and the quilting community is so um helpful you know it 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 to go up to anybody and and I you know they talk about people being um seven steps apart or five steps apart you go up to a quilter they're like two steps one step you know they're they're right there and I don't care if you know 
I mean, I've had classes from Libby Lehman. I've had classes from Alex Anderson. Um, I've had classes from Yvonne Purcella, all these people. And I could turn around, um, well, not those people, but other people that are still alive and call them tomorrow. And they would be right there for me. And yeah. and they would give me an answer, you know, and I think that's fabulous. There's a and, ton of generous and kind people. Ah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Beth, somebody that would like to accomplish what you have been talking about here, what, what advice would you give them for this day and age? Um, what advice? Start, um, start small. Don't worry about it and know that, well, and start with charity quilts. Hello. You know, my first quilts, honey, you don't want to see them. And they went away to charity. Well, they and... were hand-guided, too. <laughs> they were hand-guided on this machine. Um, so start small, do some charities, get some things under your belt. And once you get rolling, it's, you know, take those classes, get out there. The Quilting for Confidence Tour. I'm so looking forward to that. Um just, I had the one hour education with the Gamel educator. All my questions got answered immediately. And it was like, there's this, and there's this, this, and this. And it was like, okay, and I could pick it up that fast. So I am. You did one of those one hour Zoom sessions? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, was... ama it's amazing how many people I've talked to who are reluctant to pluck, plunk down the I don't know, $59 or whatever. And yeah. it blows my mind because it's like, well, wait a minute. Uh, when when do you get an hour of a professional's time for $59? And what they're able to do for you is, is extraordinary. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, it's that sharing. It's that, you know, this. these are the things I know are out there. I don't know how hard I was working before. <laughs> and some of the things where that's just how hard you know as as far as the digitizing end of things um but there's there's again there's videos out there you guys have done a fabulous job of that kind of education your technical people call them we were on a first name basis for a little bit when I got my little statler put on because it took my little baby and turned her into a little bit of a diva for a while but we got that under control <laughs> And I think uh, a lot of a lot of the people uh, in the generations that do quilting have maybe never had a, a like a one-on-one -on -one Zoom with somebody, and they you know they feel like it's something foreign to them. But uh, do you, what what is your feeling about that, Beth? You, would you encourage somebody to uh, take advantage of that? Absolutely. I was really reluctant tell you the truth. And, and I had to make sure that I had it on mine and I was thinking it was going to be totally different than what it was. You don't need your own computer. It, it's just a matter of following and taking notes um, as if I was in a large class. And the only difference is, is I didn't go out on my lunch break and redo everything all over again. So make sure I had it. Um, I, I, I like right after the hour, <laughs> But, um, and, and, and applied everything immediately, you know, and, and again, I had already started some digitizing prior to going, so it was great. Um, 
and the instructor was fabulous. And I let you guys pick them. You know, I just said, this is my parameters. This is what I want to learn. So if you want to learn ruler work, if you want to learn some of the hand guide stuff, um, again, they know who they are. They know what to teach. So that's what I figured. Or you guys know who you are, yeah. what you can teach best. And so that that worked out really well for me. Cool. Well, look, Beth did a commercial for us. She sure did. Pretty awesome. Thank you, Beth. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that wraps up the questions that we have. I I am very grateful to you two for joining us and for sharing your experience. Um, our our goal obviously is that um, people would would perhaps by hearing your story and hearing what you've gone through, they might be able to see that this is either something they want to do. Or who knows, maybe they decide after listening to our episode that they never want to be a long-arm quilter. Good. Go do yeah. what makes you happy. Give them some direction one way or the other. That's right. That's no, right. I think it's just been fat. It's been a wonderful journey. Again, I've been doing this for you know quite a while. Um, I cannot name a single person that I am not glad I met through quilting. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, well, it's it's a great community. The community is nationwide. I mean, and it's, it's fabulous. It doesn't matter where you go. You just have to have a quilted bag with you. <laughs> Before we go, um, uh, could, can each of you, uh, tell, uh, where, uh, people can, uh, find you or get in touch with you online or whatever. Andy. Sure. I am true blue quilts all over the place. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, my website, truebluequilts.com. What about you, Beth? And I am red, R-E-D-L-O-N-N -N, at gmail.com. Easy. So, easy. Yeah. Email me and people email me all the time from all over the world. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, yeah. thank you both so much for joining yeah. us and uh, sharing your experience with people. And, uh, if you haven't already, there's a whole bunch of these other episodes that you can go back and listen to on your favorite podcatcher, or you can watch them on YouTube, except for the one episode that Bobby loves. Yeah, let me forget that. <laughs> but they're all there other than that. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this evening, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Quilting Business Success. We hope you've been inspired by these stories of quilters just like you who have turned their dreams into reality. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. One of the best things you can do to support us is to write a glowing review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. Those reviews help bring us up in the algorithm so that more quilters are exposed to our show. What would you like to change in your life, and what steps can you take today to bring you closer to the life that you want?